if that's important to you, then you should choose the person who represents your same values in those areas to be your representative. You can find the Ranch Collective on Facebook and Instagram at Ranch Collective Podcast and can find the website at ranchcollective.weebly.com. You can also email me at pollichcompany at gmail.com. That's P-O-L-I-C-H company at gmail.com. Please leave the podcast or review wherever you're listening and tell your friends about me. It'll help new people find the Ranch Collective, which is the goal. Bonus, it's just me here, so I will do a happy dance whenever I get to find out the new people are listening. Thanks, guys. Hey, you guys, this week's episode is not the way I've done episodes before, but elections are right around the corner. I'm not a political podcast, and I'm not here to bring politics into my podcast, but I believe that everyone, every single person, whether or not I hold the same views or not, you should all be voting. The issue of voting is very, very near and dear to my heart, and you'll probably see me post all over all of the social medias that I manage and my personal social media about voting. So because of that, I decided to reach out to the League of Women Voters in here in Austin, and I had the pleasure of speaking to their president, Mariah, about her organization, and I wanted to have a conversation about voting and its importance. So I chose a local organization with nationwide branches because especially during midterms, which is years without a presidential election, so not this year, During those years, voter turnout is really, really low, and we should be doing the most to vote for the people who represent our interests while lawmaking. September is the National Voter Registration Month, and it's coming to a close, so please make sure that you're registered to vote where you live and enjoy this episode with Mariah. My name is Mariah Powers. I'm the president of League of Women Voters Austin area. Uh, The League of Women Voters is a national organization, and then there's... um, state level leagues, and then down into local level leagues. Um, not every local area has a local league. And so if you join, every, wherever you join, you join at the national level, the state level, and the local level if there's a local league in your area. So uh, at the Austin area, we cover most of Travis and a little bit of Williamson because some parts of um, Austin are in Williamson County. And then What we do is, so we're a nonpartisan political organization. What that means is we don't support or oppose any political candidates, but we will sometimes form issues on certain political, form positions on certain political issues after careful study. And that's at the various levels. So for instance, National League has policy positions out there on things that are of national level issue or the state league does the same for anything that might be affecting the state as, as a whole. And at the local league, we do things that, you know, would be affecting only the Austin area or the the countywide area. And so we have a lot of different areas that we focus on. Obviously we do a lot of voter registration, a lot of get out the vote efforts We produce the Voter's Guide. That's one of our most well-known resources. And we also have it available online at vote411.org. And what that is, is people can go there and see the candidates' responses to questions that we formulated for them. We put it out there without any editing. So if they've got any typos or anything like that, we put that in there. Um, The only thing we would do is redact something if it doesn't meet our qualifications for the guide, such as um, referring to their opposition in, in a negative way or something like that. They can't do that, so we redact that. But other than that, we don't edit it in any way. We also do advocacy. So uh, if something is in line with one of our policy positions, we would advocate on behalf of that for voters' rights and lots of other things as they come up. But basically, in general, we are a voters' rights political organization. Can you give some examples on 
any level of like where the League of Women Voters has helped lobby for voters' rights? Yeah, one of the most recent ones that we did here at the local level was in the vote by mail lawsuit that we had here um, when COVID first started. This was back during the time during the primaries, and I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but that ended up not really. I wouldn't characterize that as a, a success for voters here um, because we were pushing for being able to apply for vote by mail if based on lack of immunity to COVID and the, they, the judge at first, it, it was, there's a lot of back and forth. The judge at first said that yes, voters here in Texas could apply for vote by mail on that basis. Then it was overturned. They could not. At this point, we're at the stage of it's up to the voter to decide if they meet the criteria for vote by mail as it already stood in the in the statute so we're just providing as much information as we can on that front but there's that's just what's active in this current election season um we're of course always voting, fighting for voter rights here as you know here in texas we don't have online online voter registration that's something we would love to get out there there's some voter suppression that's happened here that that we're trying to fight against that sort of thing can you explain what the difference is between vote by mail and absentee ballots? Because absentee ballots are popular, or if maybe in Texas it's the same thing. One of the reasons that you could apply for, for vote by mail is if you're going to be out of the county for the entire election period, which is what people generally refer to as an absentee ballot, How, or if you're, you know, if you're in the military and you're serving and out of the county. But there are other reasons for, that you could apply for a ballot by mail here in Texas um, if you're over the age of 65 or if you have a disability. So that's also a ballot by mail application. Okay, so an absentee ballot would just be like a reason to be voting by mail. The list is, it's all ballot by mail. It's all in the same application. The terms are essentially interchangeable here, but if you're using the term absentee, generally people would think of that as being one of the reasons for applying for ballot by mail. Okay, so this election's really cool because women have been now able to vote for 100 years. And the League of Women Voters, as I understand, was founded around that same time. It was, yeah. The National League was formed in 1920, and that's the same year that the the 19th Amendment passed. Um, We at the Austin area and Texas League actually formed in 1919, a year earlier. So we celebrated our 100 years last year. But something that we like to talk about a lot when we're commemorating the, the passage of the 19th Amendment is that we want to make sure to acknowledge the fact that while that was progress, that in fact not all women gained the right to vote at that time, it did still take a lot longer um, until the Voting Rights Act for that. That was the final step in a number of steps, slowly chipping away at getting everyone access to the right to vote. So um, I think that's important to note as well. That is important to know as well. I actually didn't, I mean, I think I knew that, but it didn't like, did not apply that knowledge to being like, oh, it's cool. We've had a hundred years, but not everyone got to vote after that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially here in in the South, there were a lot of barriers with, um, you know, literacy tests and things like that. What some people would consider to be like loopholes to preventing that access to the right to vote, even though it was theoretically supposed to have been there with the constitutional amendment. Can we talk about why it's important to vote? Like even if you, and it's really bad to do so, but even if you decide you're only voting in years where there's a presidential election, how voting for 
your local and state representatives will, those people will likely be the people that wind up actually being the people that vote for president, if that makes sense. If my question makes sense. Yeah, I think I, I think <laughs> you were going. Yeah, so, um, I mean, when you're voting, even in, in midterms, you're voting for the people that are making the choices that impact your daily life where you live. So I don't, I don't know if you've ever experienced the joy of sitting in on a, a council session, even at the local level, but you'll see just on a, on one single council session, how many things that they can vote on that are impacting your local area. So when you're choosing the person that who, who you would want to represent your district, you're saying, this is the person that I believe will vote on what uh, the issues that I agree with for my area. Um, we've got a lot of things going on here in our local area right now having to do with, you know, transportation and public safety funding and things like that, that, you know, if that's important to you, then you should choose the person who represents your same values in those areas to be your representative. If you haven't voted on who you want that person to be, then, I mean, it, then you really don't know what they might be choosing in those council sessions or on the floor of the state Senate, because there's a number of things that go up to vote all the time. And you wanna make sure that you've got the right representatives in place for you. Yeah, absolutely. I um, have had the privilege in where I used to live in Northern Nevada to be able to sit in on um, some meetings at the state legislature. It was really eye-opening and I don't, yeah, it was really eye-opening just like how much the little things add up to the big things that wind up being on the floor. And a lot of those representatives started as like city council members or... Mm -hmm. Well, right, especially, well, a lot of times, a lot of the things that we have here in Texas and here locally in Austin, you can see streaming even prior to COVID, but especially right now, you can go online and watch those sessions. So I would encourage people to just check one out. Even if you can't hang in there for the whole thing, go online, watch it for a little bit, and you'll you'll see just how much they cover in each of those, or even just pull up the agenda and you'll be able to see how much they they plan to cover in that session in just one session. Yes. And you never, you know, you never know your, you know, city councilman next election, maybe that you really, really love maybe running for something at the state level Mm -hmm. and you still really, really love him. And then, you know, five years from now, maybe he's running for something at the federal level. You just never know. And that's like, in my experience and in my heart, I love, I really like think voting is super important. So I'm like, vote for your local people because they will be your state people. They will be your federal people. And it's important to know who they are and what they stand for. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the voter's guide. Mm -hmm. I noticed, I think it was either Thursday or Friday, I checked and it was still the primary version of the voter's guide. When will the general election voter's guide come out? It's due out, I believe, the 16th for the print version, and we will have it available in the Chronicle if you are getting out and about somewhere where you can pick up the Chronicle. Um, The online version actually is going live this weekend. Our goal is always to get it out by the early voting period. We had started working on it before the governor extended the early voting period, but we didn't quite anticipate needing to get it out that full week earlier. So that's why we're a little bit behind the curve on that this time around, because we've usually only got the two weeks of early voting in this, this year, we've got three, but we are still getting it out as soon as possible because we know 
so many voters rely on that to make their choices for the election. So we will have it out certainly in in enough time for for voters to get out there for early voting. Okay. And I think that this, um, if not, it'll come out on the 30th. So it will probably, you said it will, it should be out by the 30th. Do you think? Vote 411 will already be out by then. The voter's guide print edition, I do not believe will be on our website by that point, but should be within a couple weeks after that. Okay. Perfect. When is the last day to register to vote in the state of Texas? October 5th. October 5th. Okay. When is early voting to, to update your registration. If you need to change your address or anything like that to make sure you're voting in the correct district, you've got to do that by October 5th as well. And early voting starts the 13th. 13th. Okay. Why would someone want to participate in early voting? Well, the lines could be extremely long on November 3rd. Um, so what we're trying to do is encourage people, especially right now, if you're getting out there to one of the polling polling places are also going to be limited right now. Usually we have here in Texas, we've got um, polling locations and grocery stores is where a lot of them are. And due to Mm -hmm. COVID, that's not going to be possible this time. So with fewer polling locations and there's, there are a lot of more people voting by mail this time around than we usually see, but even still we're, it's, trying to space out those voters. Your vote counts just as much in early voting as it would on election day. So if you can get out there early um, and it spans over a couple of weekends. So if you've only got time to vote on the weekend and you can't go during the day on a Tuesday on election day, that's another good opportunity uh, to get your vote counted. So it's really just trying to space those voters out so we can make sure that everybody has that chance to vote. Perfect. Um, So let's talk about do you know um, what some of the issues are coming up locally, like in Austin, that are going to be voted on in November? The big things that you're going to see and, and what we do in the Voter's Guide and Vote for one as well is if there's a proposition, sometimes what they put on the ballot is not very simple to digest, especially if you wait until you get to the actual polling location to read that ballot language for the first time. So. Yeah. What we have there on um, in the Voter's Guide of Vote 411 is a more plain language description of what that proposition is. And the big ones you're going to see this time are about the funding for Project Connect, which is the big um, mass transit overhaul that they're doing here in Austin um, with Cat Metro. So uh, that's, that's going to be the big issue that you'll see it, along with um, several council member seats up for, for election. Perfect. And do you... Have you read the proposition already? Do you, are you familiar with the language on it? I could pull up our, our description of it. We've already completed that. I have seen them, yes. Because I was just wondering, so I'm sure the voter's guide breaks it down, but like a lot of the times, um, if you vote, it'll say, if you're like voting no, it means you're actually in favor of whatever it's going to be passing. And if you're voting, or if you're voting yes, you're not in favor of it on that like on that question, is it simplified to a yes or no question? So proposition, let me see. It, it'll essentially be a yes, no. Okay. Prop B is if you're the issuance of a bond for, uh, for city planning. I'm trying to quickly read this. It's so, it's so yeah. many words. Um, and then Prop A is the one that is the Project Connect investment, which is essentially the approving, approving that tax rate. 
to again, yeah. it's yeah, I, basically a yes, no. Okay. And then on the state level, do you know what kind of propositions we might see? I haven't seen if we have any at the state level. So I'm not sure that there are any this time. Because I think I would have seen them if there were. What I've been seeing come through are a lot for the smaller uh, municipalities like Laga Vista, Lakeway. They've all got propositions. Flickerville has one. Um, I believe Brown Dark has one as well. And those will will all be in there. And then will the, if there is any state ones, will those also be in there? Yes. Yes, they would be. Do we do those at the, we do those at the federal level too, right? If there, so the, Anything that would be like that, that, so the state league would handle doing the definition of those propositions. And um, if there's anything at the national level that needs to be explained, they would handle it at those levels. So that's why I haven't seen those okay. at the local league. But they would be. So what we do with the, the voters guide info 411 is it's kind of like a trickle down. Once they give us their information, we splice it together with ours and then upload it all together. Perfect. That makes sense. But all of that would be in the, the mm-hmm. voter's guide. Yeah. Okay, perfect. What does someone need to bring with them when they go to vote? So make sure that you have a valid form of ID. You can check out what what ID to bring, either at our website at lwvaustin.org. You can also, depending on where you're at, go to um, votetravis.com. is a good place to go if you're here in Travis County. There's also um, Vote Texas. Com, as I, be- I believe the statewide one, um, but they go over the voter ID requirements. You cannot bring a mobile device into the polling location. So don't plan on having your selections like in notes on your phone or just wait until you get there to pull out a vote for one. What you can do is if you want to take a printed copy of the voter's guide, print out the PDF version from our website, or even if you if you go to vote 411, you can create a customized ballot as you're going through, you make your selections, and then once you're done, you print out. That's that's what I like to do because it's just a single page. I'm wasting the least amount of paper, make my customized ballot, and then take that with me. And then I can just speed through my selections and keep the line moving once I get there. Perfect. Does your organization field questions from voters? So like if someone has a question are they able to reach out to somebody from your organization to get that answered? Yeah, absolutely. So at our website, we have a contact form and we get questions from voters all the time about, especially this year, we've had a number of questions about vote by mail and, and things like that, but any kind of question they might, might have. And if it's something that we need to refer to the elections division, we can give them that contact info. Perfect. Is there anything else you would like to share with listeners? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of people that are interested in getting involved in activism this year. And I know that we're getting really close at this point and it feels like it might be too late, but it's not. There's always something that can be done. Even when they're, when we're not right up against an election, we've always got lots of work that we're doing. So um, whether that's, you know, creating programs to explain how your city works or things like that, we've always got something that we're working on. Uh, even if you want to get involved at the last minute to get out the vote right before this election, um, you can go to lwbaustin.org and find out more information about how to get involved. Perfect. Awesome. And then you've already shared the info about where people can find you if they're interested in reaching out to you. And that was my very last question. So thank you so much. Sure. You're welcome. 
Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. One more time, it's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.